Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Can you see Did you The puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice, at arm's length. To the line, Hughes scores! In this existence, take you to the sun. First career NHL goal, Quinn Hughes makes it 1-0. You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, the reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I'm one of the men in Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello Canucks fans and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation brought to you by the great folks over at Montana's. We've got a giveaway going on with them. You can find it on all of our social channels. It is the pinned tweet. It is the pinned post on Instagram. Uh, Check it out. Twitter, Instagram. Go check it out. $100 gift card up for grabs. The contest ends uh, at 5 p.m. Pacific time on February 16th. Some rumors out there it's midnight, but I heard five, yep. Recording this uh, on the 14th. It's Valentine's Day, of course. Oh, uh, so go check out Montana's Love's in the air daily deals. Uh, seven locations across British Columbia. Go Fort Saint check John, them out. Swanson, Victoria, Kelowna. That's all I got. That's all I got. Okay. All There's right. Some other ones in there. Hold on. I don't want to leave any out. Sure. Prince you, George. I always forget. Uh, Langley as well. You forget about the Langley one. Must right. be hidden pretty good out there. I got a I got a special 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 message on this here Valentine's Day. Yeah, it better not be what I think it is. <laughs> what do you think it would be? I thought you were gonna eat. I know eat my pizza. pizza I do have pizza here. I do have pizza here. Um, and you pre-sliced it, so you said you could sneak in a snack at some point. Yes, I don't the, think it's getting by me today. The clip uh, well, it didn't get by you yesterday. The clip no, yesterday, doesn't. you were all over it. I'm quicker than I look. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, real quick, I want to get this in here. Uh, we had a listener mm. reach out to us, uh, Nafisa, her name is, and she reached out and she wanted us to tell her husband uh, a very special message on this here Valentine's Day. I'm trying to find the message oh, and yeah. the name. I should have this prepared. Well, like okay, that, well, Valentine's Deem. Day, yeah. goes by Deem. Yes, excuse me. I almost butchered that. Uh, Deem, 
Your wife loves you, uh, and we appreciate your listener. They both listen to the show. Oh, it's, it's so nice. And you know what? That's what Canucks Convo does. We bring people together. They didn't meet because of the show or anything mm. like that. But uh, I think she said that he used to listen to the show to fall asleep. Don't know what that says about us, but a lot of people do that. A lot of people listen to podcasts, yeah. to, you know, uh, that sort of stuff. So he, he's been listening uh, since COVID to fall asleep at night. And then uh, she said that uh, one night she kind of asked him to turn it up. Uh, she listened and she said that uh, we are so funny. I, she didn't emphasize me, but she did choose to message me. So I think she thinks I'm funnier than you. Um, but yeah, she said the first 10 minutes of the show are her favorite part because of the banter back and forth. Uh, so to her husband, uh, your wife loves you. And she oh. uh, reached out to us and we wanted to deliver that message. I love that. That's adorable. I remember because so so a little insider baseball here. We're kind of known for forgetting some stuff. You and I. Who me? You and uh, don't don't make me start airing our dirty laundry on the show. I don't want to have to do this on Valentine's Day. Okay, fair enough. Okay, <laughs> but I know when I know for, when to bet and I know when to <laughs> fold. I will fold on. We that. are known for forgetting stuff as a unit sometimes. So. As soon as I got this message, I texted you and I said, hey, we cannot forget about this. Put a reminder in your phone right now. I, I had three reminders. I got one on my watch. I got one on my phone and I got one on my computer. All separate reminders, okay? And I, I made sure that I remembered this. Um, and it was a big day for us, but I'm glad we were able to uh, slip this in there. Mm, well, good. Happy Valentine's Day to everyone. <laughs> Valentine's. Valentine's. We're starting this. Yep. It's in the description of the YouTube show, so it's Valentine's Day. Also, today. Nafisa, I want you to message me and tell me uh, your husband's reaction. I think that is going to be awesome. I, I'm very, very excited he's to hear gonna about be, it. He's going to be passed out. He's going to be sleeping by the time this thing hits. He goes by Deemer. That's a cool nickname. His yeah. name's Nadim. Yeah, but Deem's passing out to the to the show. He's gonna he's not going to hear the it's reaction. It's the intro. It's going to put him to sleep. By how, how long does it take you to fall asleep? Uh, 12 minutes every night. Really? That fast, eh? No. Well, it depends. I've been falling asleep quickly as well. Like, I would say it's about 12 minutes. Yeah. I've I have been, been lately. Well, you and I have been trying, like, for a long time, and I still do a lot. You do it less than I do, but, like, stay up very late. And I still do. Like, I stay up until, like, an early night for me is if I'm in bed by 1, that's oh. early. That's, like, that's an early night. Uh, most nights I'm up till about one thirty two ish and kind of, like, in that uh, in that ballpark I area. I try to be sleeping before midnight every night. Mm. Doesn't often happen. No. But it I does just can't. I, I'm just sore. Like I, I worked at the mill, and you did all these switches, right? You did all these switches from from mornings to nights, and it's it screwed up my sleep schedule. You know, I don't eat until like I haven't eaten today. What time is it? It's one o'clock. I haven't had a piece of anything today. Want if you pizza? work, no, I don't want your pizza. Put that thing away here. If anything, that's what I'm having is a super duper weenie um, from uh, the great folks folks in uh, Bridgeport over there. Look at that guy. Super duper weenie over there. Uh, but no, I, I because of working so many night shifts at the mill, I just, uh, I, you know, I would get sick if I woke up, right? Like if I woke up and ate, I would just get sick and I can't do it. So now my sleep schedule's gone. My eating schedule's gone. Uh, this whole, what what is this? This inter, intermittent, intermittent or faster things? These people, these intermittent fasters, right? Yeah, sure. That was yeah, great. I do that on accident. I go like, I don't, I only eat for like four hours in the day. And then someone told me about this, like, Oh, like you're intermittent fasting. I'm like, no, I just like, don't, I just get all my, I get like 2,500 calories in two hours. So I just pump it all into you in two hours. And then I don't eat for the rest of the day. Good for you. Okay. Wait, well, is it good for me? I don't think so. Like everybody online's like, Oh, you're going to lose all this weight. Look at me. I'm not losing any. Actually I am. I am losing some weight. The other, I weighed in this morning on the scale because, uh, 
my fiance told me you got to weigh in in the morning and like consistently at the same time in the morning. So I weighed in the morning. I'm like seven pounds lighter than I was last night. Where did, where did the seven pounds go from last night until this morning? Did I, did I sweat seven pounds out? I hope not. I don't, I don't actually know the science behind it. If you couldn't tell. No, like, and that's the thing. Like, I, yeah, I took a piss in between. I didn't piss out seven pounds. Did I? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Piss? I don't think you did. Did you feel seven pounds later after you took a leak? I don't think so. I mean, like, I, I took the a best, g- though. Actually, oh, we're not going to start this. You we're wake up in the morning. This. Nothing like a, a good piss. <laughs> okay, enough. We're not going to stop the this how many pounds. be a 20-minute discussion. <laughs> okay. I, I knew Alex was going to jump in right there. How many pounds did you, you drop? Did you introduce I didn't Alex even intro us in. My name is David okay, Jolly. Joined as always by the man who built the place, Chris Faber. Our technical producer is Alex Allard. This is the conversation. After that Valentine's Day shout-out. Alex, what's better than a morning piss, man? Okay. No, 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 no. Alex, don't answer that. We're moving on here. We're moving right along. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks. Home struggles. We said oh. we would talk about the game. How much do you want to talk Bro, about the great we, game? I don't know. I, there is so much to dive into. I just I snuck into practice. I didn't get... Uh, I didn't have time to, to do media because we had to come do the show. What's up with this? It, you got to practice at noon in the middle of the day. Those guys are... Yeah, and they, what did you see at that practice? Oh, my God. I'll get to that in a little bit. Let's start with um, let's start with the home struggles, okay? The struggles that the Vancouver Canucks have on home ice is don't put put that pizza down because you're about down. to be... I put it down. You're not touching down. that pizza until the end of the show. Go ahead. Sorry, continue. I don't like this. You're like, oh, it might be a bit of me eating on the <laughs> show. That's not a bit. That's not a thing we want to do hey, on the show consistently. People loved it yesterday, and I like eating. So, okay, continue. If Sorry. I'm doing AHL or prospects, okay, you can have the pizza. Sure. But I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't touch it. The Go home ahead. struggles of the Canucks. Yeah. Okay, this is what I, I've. Is said it this. interesting pizza? No, like, Alex. On the pizza? Leave the pizza out of this for a little bit. I got AHL stuff later. He can eat the pizza then. I'll describe it too. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Anyways, ahead. sorry. Anyways, home struggles. Sorry for yelling at you, Alex. Um, the home struggles. <laughs> The Van- Here's what I've thought about the Vancouver Canucks, okay, over the last little bit. I think the Canucks are trying to put an entertaining product in Rogers Arena, right? With a, a lot of different things, like re-signing Kuzmenko, having all this new, you know, like I think the Canucks do a pretty good job of game presentation. They have some good, like, uh, you know, what is the the lights and all this stuff, all this cool stuff. The presentation of the, of the game is really good. But it's like the, what's happening on the ice is incredibly poor for the Canucks on home ice. They're 29th in the league in goals against per game at home. They're all, they're almost allowing four goals a game at home. Like as an average, not like this is happening every once in a while. They've had 25 of their of their 54 games this year have five goals or more against. They're only averaging three goals per game right now at home. That's 19th in the NHL, but they're 29th in goals against. So it's not like they're having like they're, it's not like they're scoring a ton and making it fun at home. They're just very poor on home home ice, and I think that's going to be something that's going to hurt this team for at least like the near future of wanting to keep fans in the arena. Like I, I can't like these these games that we're seeing, and, and we're talking about last night's game kind of here, but we're talking about a lot of home ice losses right now with the way the Canucks are playing. Like a six one loss to the Detroit Red Wings last night. Like we come in here, and, and I you know we're at the point of the season where it's like. I don't think losses should be like this, this kind of uh, this much of an effect on us at this point. But it's like you see a performance like last night, and you're just thinking like, well, they're they're not they're not taking any steps towards anything. Like it, they should at least if you're like losing games, you're taking steps towards anything. Nobody could talk about like what they could take away from that game and improve on. 
they just weren't good at hockey last night. And and that's the thing is again, this is again, I, I you know what? People point out to me that I say again a lot and say something that I haven't oh, said really? yet. So I'm gonna try and do that less. I did good yesterday, but today I want to talk about it. Um we've talked about talk it before and things we like about him, things we don't like about him. He's asked what he likes about the game last night. The fourth line. The fourth line played like 13 minutes last night. And we do have some new lines from practice today to point out. And we will do that. But my point here, Chris, is that I didn't really love that from Talkit. But you know what I did really like was how he pointed out just that, yeah, like we got to go back to grade school. And boy, that practice that you saw today really... He delivered on yeah, that. Yeah, let's get a quote from from Talk It Up here right now. Let's just start with the, because uh, I got these from yesterday um, after the game. We'll start with the Talk It high-risk team one, Alex. Uh, we'll get to that in just a second. But yeah, it was, and, and we got it. We got some some tweets to get to in here in a little bit of what I actually saw at practice today. We might as well dive right into it. But let's first hear from Rick Talk It, um, talking about a, a lot of things with this team, you know, needing to go back to grade school and being a high-risk team. So here's uh, Rick Talk It post-game yesterday. It's not frustration. It's just like, you know, it's my job, the coaches, to, to make these guys understand stuff. You know, um, we're going to practice tomorrow and we're going to have to go back to grade school on how to defend, how to stop and start because uh, too many guys are spinning. Um, very high risk team. You know, I thought we, in the road trip, we thought some parts of our game, I thought we got it, but then, uh, you know, we get this high risk and, um, you know, some of the better players tonight, you know, they were just too risky for me. Yeah. I mean, they went back to grade school today. We have some video to get to in just a minute. I'm just trying to get the lines uh, punched in here for Alex so he can play with them a little bit. But high risk is something that he's talked about a lot, right? And I like, I get it, but I also think that, and I thought this last night watching the game was like momentum, right? How big is momentum in sports? Hockey, I think yep. it's huge. When you have the momentum, you have good shifts. The Canucks couldn't have little victories to even build momentum yesterday. There wasn't a time where, like, yeah, they put together a few passes here and there, and, yeah, they had a few shifts in the offensive zone. They had some shots on net and everything, but you need to, like, just build, like, a little win here, a win on the boards here, a good step in the, you know, a good positioning play by a defenseman here, a little bit more in the offensive zone on a four-check here, just a lot of little things that you want to see done well for this team. They couldn't do anything that built up any bit of momentum. It felt like the Canucks weren't in that game for a second yesterday. Like, it really felt like they were nowhere near being even competitive in that game yesterday, and that sucks. Like, that really sucks, especially against the Detroit Red Wings team, right? The Red Wings are about to sell off their captain, their best player. I think that's what hit a lot of people the hardest, Chris, was just the fact that the team they lost to, and again, we've talked about tanking. Darn, I said it again. We've talked about tanking losses a lot this season, Mm -hmm. right? And the best win you can hope for for a Canucks is not a win in the stat sheet. It is a loss in regulation, but they do some really good things. Mm. Like you think about those games that we watched those five, four losses or whatever it was where they were actually like, Hey, you know what? We look like we're playing with some structure right now. Right. And, Talk is saying, you know what? We can build on this game. Like, there's some good things here. Yeah, and, and there's going to be steps back. Like, you're going... You're yes. Not, and not every step is going to be forward when you're talking about really rebuilding a structure of a team and trying to change things. But it's like... Because at the end of the day... And sorry you, you off. Sorry, but what you want to eliminate is yeah. big steps back. And yes. the Canucks took such a big step back last night that they went into practice today and were doing, like, the most elementary type of drills of like where to position 
where to look. We ha- I put the video in there. I don't know if Alex, uh, if you have this, it's in the, uh, if you can pull this up, this, it's just a tweet from, uh, I believe it's Brendan Batchelor. Um, and it's just, it's the most simple drill. What they were doing was like, they set up in the offensive zone. They got into their positions of like two defensemen at the point, wingers on either side of the boards. They made a pass. The whistle would blow. They stopped. Like they weren't moving. They would just make a pass, stop, go to the position. It was such elementary, simple type of drill of them trying to understand like what is expected of them in their own zone. It was, it was wild to watch. It was very wild to watch just like how simple it was. And it was, you know, basically exactly what Rick Tockett said about like, you know, it's, it's going to have to be grade school. We, we saw that today at practice. It's crazy. I do have the video here. You can blow uh blow my screen up here, Alex. Uh, it's just like, they make a pass. They stop it. Oh, look, we got three different places here. Put it on your screen too, quads, but they like would make a pass. Stop. And it's like, pass, get into position, stop. Now what do we do here? What do we do here? And it was like, it, it's wild to see the situation that I guess this, this team has gotten to. But like, is this needed? Maybe. Maybe this is needed. Like, this, to understand, like, making these massive errors yesterday, horrible pinches by defensemen, the whole game, when you're not taking a step forward, you need to maybe take, like, a personal step back in this situation and have a practice like this. Like, this is what this team, a lot of people saw last night. Like, yeah, they do need to go back to grade school. When well, Rick Talkett said that last night, yeah. nobody was like, no way. Like, these these guys know what they're doing in the NHL. Like, why would they have to go back and learn the basic things that we see this at peewee practices? Like, no, like, the way that Talkett saw is like, oh, like, we, we can't build off of what the Canucks have done up to this point in the season. We need to rebuild the entire way of how these guys play hockey. And, okay. like, that's what they did today at practice. So here's the thing. And talk talks about this, talks about fitness, right? And he says, you know, when you get tired, sometimes you just freeze, kind of. That's a good way to describe how the Canucks defend, for sure. But how much of it is fitness and how much of it is just the Canucks don't have great players? Like, not even just great players as a whole, but great defensive players. Like, their defensemen aren't very good. Mm. And I think that shows a lot. I just... You, you look at this team and you say like, okay, yes, they can improve defensively. But how much of that is going to come from these kind of practices? Like, here's the thing that I keep coming back to, Chris, is we saw Jalen Chatfield in this market for a while. Mm. It was never anything special. Nobody said boo when he left the organization. The Canucks let him walk, right? Nobody thought that was anything. Yep. Goes to Carolina. He's playing in this defensive system in Carolina and having success. The same defensive system where Ethan Bear couldn't crack above Jalen Chatfield. And now the Canucks have Ethan Bear on their team. And again, this isn't to single out Ethan Bear and say, well, Ethan Bear's the problem or anything like that. That's not what I'm getting at. What I'm getting at is that when you have a strong enough defensive system, there are guys that can fit in that system mm, and guys yeah. who just can't. That is the point I'm getting at. And I wonder, you know... Like, it's not acceptable how the Canucks defend. I think everybody can agree on that. But how much of that is going to be able to actually be addressed from coaching, right? Like, again, darn, I said it again. Don't worry about <laughs> you have it. You a, can't, can't you, correct it in one episode. Yeah, but you have this idea of, well, we can fix this. See, so that's here's what, I'm, what I said there is, like, the, maybe you can't fix this. You need to restart it, right? Well, I think that's what you know, that's what like, I'm getting that's at. What, yeah, that's the way to fix the defensive woes is to get about five new defensemen for this defense core. Sh- sure, and I mean that is something that needs to happen as well. But maybe like as you're making that adjustment, like that can't change 
today. They're not going to get five new defensemen Absolutely. today. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's kind of like you need to have that as like a longer progression type of thing. But right now, like Rick Tockett is, is teaching these players from the most basic way of defending where to be on the ice, little spots. I, I think that it's interesting. He's brought it up a couple times in the past couple weeks here. He's like, when we're in our zone, like both of our defensemen can't be below the goal line. And it's like, yes, that seems very obvious. But then again, yesterday we see a goal where the only guy like around the crease is Vasily Podkolzin coming back to defend. You know, at least he has a stick on the guy, but both defensemen are below the goal line again. It's like that you just can't do that. That's like, the key to Triamkin's music. You no, know, I mean, Triamkin, at least he's tall enough. He could reach it. He could he he try both. But you can't like it, it's these feel like a very like that feels like a simple rule. Like if I'm. Like I'm, I know I'm not an NHL defenseman, but I feel like an NHL defenseman must know, like, hey, when my partner goes down behind the line, I can't also go there. I can't also do this and just lead the wide, like the the front of the net wide open. It's interesting. It's, about it's the- interesting that they that it has that some players in the system. I don't know if it's from the lacks from before or what's happening, but when we talk about structure and hear about Rick Tockett wanting to have this team change their structure and actually have a real structure behind it, all this stuff that Jim Rutherford mentioned. Maybe this is what they're talking about. It's interesting to hear conversations that we've had with JT Miller in the past where he talked about improving defensively. And he says stuff like, you know, I know he's there. It's not a matter of not understanding it. It's just a matter of putting it into practice. And it's a lot easier said than done. I find it really interesting because time and time again, we see these mistakes. And look... Like, it's not like any of the Canucks defensemen that are making these mistakes don't think they're mistakes. Like, they don't go into the video room the next day and say, well, actually, coach, Mm. I'll tell you why this is a good idea, why I should be behind the goal line. Let me explain this to you. That's not what's happening here. It's a matter of understanding the concept but not being able to put it into action, which is what talk it with this drill today. And I guess we can transition to the time to work start. No, I I wouldn't mind playing. Yeah, I do have the talk it audio about, you know, this team need to be consistent. We'll, we'll run that now because I feel like this kind of builds off of what you're saying there. We'll get to the time to work because, yeah, it, it's time to work for the Vancouver Canucks. But first, let's hear Rick Tockett, uh talking about this team needing to be more consistent. Well, it's hard to be consistent. It's hard to win. It's hard to be part of the process. It's hard to stop and start. And we just, like I said, we've got to strip it down and we've got to just, you know, make people understand how important it is to do these hard things to win. It's it, it a start from the first goal, you know, uh, throwing a puck away, and we give a you know their best player a breakaway to start. It's it's you know we talked about it. Um, we had a good practice, you know, half decent practice yesterday, but uh, you know it just that then the ball starts right there, you know. And then you get some guys get frustrated, smashing stuff, which you know no more smashing sticks and stuff. They, like you can't be entitled in this game. It's it's a it's a hard game to play, and we got to stick together. Um, that's just the way it is. That's what teams do. Good teams do. So if you didn't see it last night, it was Oliver Ekman Larson smashing his stick as he had to as he went to the bench. I don't know if the broadcast caught it because it was it was like well he got to the bench smashed it there, and I just I found that like a little interesting because like we've seen J T Miller smash a stick a lot this season. We've seen you know, Connor Garland does it a lot in practice as well. Didn't see any today in the 45 minutes. I didn't see the last 15 minutes of practice, which apparently missed a little bit of a dust-up in there, too. Between Dakota Joshua and Quinn Hughes, that was Batch that reported that. Interesting. So that was, uh, yeah, this 12 o'clock practice does not set up well for the show. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, like, I found it interesting to hear talk, like, talk about entitlement in the NHL and, like, the players need to really be accountable for a lot of things defensively. It's not like you can just go out and have a bad shift and smash your stick. You can be frustrated for sure, but I think... 
what what Talkit probably is trying to get from these players is to understand where that frustration is coming from with this team. And that's why this just this team it it needs to you know the title of the episode the the thumbnail this team does need to go back to grade school and make things the most simple base level of like understanding what they want defensively and starting to play with that structure it starts with day 1 of school and that's where they're at right now and it'll be interesting to see where this team falls up from but gone should be the days of like the the running gun offense, the way that this team sounds like it's going to have to run moving forward is going to be a much different brand of hockey. And I wonder how that reacts with kind of what we said in the opening part of like the home struggles that they had though that, yeah, they've had some exciting games, right? Like the, you know, the six, five shootout win against the the crack in the season. That was great at Rogers arena. We've seen some really good games that come back against Montreal. Like these are exciting games, but those were running gun games. When we start to see this team actually start to fall into this structure that they're hoping for, if they can get there, because you mentioned it, the people on the roster, it's going to be pretty difficult for this team to be a defensive-minded team. If they don't get to that point, you're seeing games you know, where the Canucks are squeaking out 2-1 wins and, and losing 2-1 a lot or losing 3-1. The, the product already on the ice is going to miss that excitement as well, so I'm curious if that's even something this organization wants moving forward. Like... I've said it for a while. I think they want to have a good product at Rogers Arena where fans enjoy it. And it's, to me, like the, the viewpoint of the organization from the moves they've made in the past 10 years feels like that more. Like the the thought process has been more about an entertaining product than it has been to win a Stanley Cup, it feels like sometimes. With a lot of the moves that they made, a lot of short-sighted moves to make the team better right now, keep the team in the news often. It's it's a you know, it's not the way that I that a lot of people that you know are around the hockey industry would look at building a contender. Like it feels like the Canucks are trying to build a fun product on the ice, and they have some very fun pieces. Andre Kuzmenko resigning; he's a very fun piece. You know, having Quinn Hughes and, and Elias Pettersson, very fun pieces, also very good pieces. But it just feels like the there's been more of a lean towards fun than there has to be good, and I think that's a huge problem for a team that now is into a spot where. Like, you can only squeeze the fun out of this team so much. And now you're at a point right now where it's not fun going to Rogers Arena a lot of nights. A lot of Canucks fans last night that went to that game expecting to have a fun night at Rogers Arena were extremely disappointed in a 6-1 loss to the Detroit Red Wings where minutes into the game, their best player gets, you know, not checked and gets a breakaway and scores, and it just felt like the Canucks were never in that game yesterday. The fun product is, is there's times this year where it's been fun, but it's not going to be, like I said, you can only squeeze that sponge so much before there's no more juice left in there, man. Yeah, and it feels like they've kind of squeezed it to to its pulp. Sure, and think about, like, just other things even this season, like Black Skate coming back. Like, it's another, like, that's fun. It's another fun thing, but does that get, does the Black Skate get the Canucks any closer to being a competitive playoff team? No. What if they didn't redesign it? Okay, well, the design thing's one thing. But I just, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see moving forward here. Uh, obviously, um, with the Canucks, they're going to make a lot of changes. I, don't, I wonder how many more practices like this we're going to see. So yeah. uh, it'll be interesting. It's it's definitely, I like, think the from only watching thing, them. Yeah. Sorry, just let me get this in. From watching the practices, there is a much different feeling at these practices than there was under Bruce Boudreaux. Like, there absolutely is much more time spent setting things up, teaching, talking with players. When under Boudreaux, it was a lot of like, get out there, skate, pass the puck a lot, have the puck on your stick. And that's important. Like I've heard from players a lot. Uh, Jack Rathbone's a really good example of like how much better he feels in the AHL just playing hockey than being a guy who 
is in the press box every night or gets onto a third pairing and plays 12 minutes. Like when you have the puck on your stick a lot, you're learning a lot. Niels Huglander right now, he's learning a lot because he's having the puck on his stick so much. He's getting power play opportunity, like all that stuff, just having the puck and possessing it's one thing. And that's what I think a lot of Bruce Boudreaux's practices were like, was like feeling the puck, controlling the puck. But it's not like there was that structure that was being taught as much. You're seeing a lot more of that with Tockett. Yeah, they're not doing so many up and down the ice skating drills where they just get a shot on a goalie like on a three on O. They're doing a lot more of three on two situations, things in the offensive zone where they're setting up. We saw the drill where they're taking a whistle every time a pass was made. Like there is definitely a very different look to a practice under Rick Tockett than there was with Boudreaux, and it is leaning much more towards structure and teaching than it was instead of just playing. Discipline, exactly. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And that's the thing that I keep coming back to is I don't think there's a Canucks fan out there that's saying, don't be mean to our players. Right? Like, there's no fan out there that's... Like, there might be fans saying, this ice time stuff, you might have some problems with the deployment. I understand that. I, I I can see that and I can get that. But there's no fan out there that's saying, why is he being so hard on JT Miller? Why is he, you know... Why is he calling out stick smashing from Oliver Ekman Larson? I don't want that. Oliver Ekman Larson's my favorite player. Like, there's no one out there saying that. I think this market is actually dying for someone to whip these guys into shape. And I'm not talking about fitness, because I disagree with Taka when he says stuff like, oh, I think, you know, the new level of fitness, like the Canucks are just bad. That's what it comes down to. The Canucks are just a bad team. And again, even to some, some point, I disagree with the whole, oh, well, you know, defensive structure. But then again... I don't think he's saying that in the sense of defensive structure, defensive structure, that'll fix everything. Like, I think everybody knows this roster isn't good enough, and this roster needs, like Rutherford said, major surgery, right? And I think that's what it really comes down to is just we can talk about defensive structure, we can talk about all this, but I think everybody, including talking himself, understands that that's only going to get you so far, and... To be quite honest with you, I think the only worry that fans have at this point is that that's going to result in more wins in the stat column than Canucks going to ruin their tank odds. And that's the thing is like this roster is only going to get worse. When Rick Taka was here, he had Bo Horvat. You know, he has Luke Shen to kind of rely upon. Even though Shen, I tell you what, he hasn't been very good lately. The last few games is starting to to show a little bit. It might just be playing with OEL, right? Like it might just be that when you're not playing. That's why I said last week on the show, you got to get Shen back with Hughes. 
Like I know that Bear and, and, and Hughes look pretty good together. Like I think they're starting to develop that chemistry, but for the trade market with Shen, I, I would get him away from OEL. I would get him on with with Luke with uh, with Quinn Hughes as quick as possible because that's going to help him not look and get exposed like as much as he was uh, yesterday's game and just the last couple games have not been great for Shen uh, in general. I think so. It, that's the other thing. It's like it's going to get worse before it gets better. That is the thing about like a rebuild that you have to go through is things are going to have to get much worse. Before they get better, things don't just change with a new coach and get better. Well, for this organization, at least, right? Like this isn't going to be what happened in Pittsburgh before when they fire a coach and end up going to win a Stanley Cup. Like it's not, I know that's happened for Rutherford and Alvin in the past. I don't think this is the same situation here. This is going to be the major surgery that they talked about isn't just about replacing the coach. It's about really getting players in place here that are going to make a difference for this team and be able to to play a different brand of hockey. That's what the Canucks have to do. It's it's clearly not worked over the years here and that's you know change has to come and like I said it's going to get uh, it's going to get a lot worse than it is before it gets better. Anthony Bovillier's continued to impress me. I I have liked Bovillier myself too. I mean uh I I think he's I think he's got really good hands. I think yes. it, he needs to uh, needs that adjustment with Pedersen to understand how to have success with those good hands. Like that's what I talked about this because Manko I think has done yep. this. If Bovillier real, I I think it's going to take a little bit more time, but I can definitely see why he's a you know a skilled winger. Like he he's a guy that probably a lot of really good teams would like to have in their middle six. Like he he skates hard. He's not the biggest guy, but I think he he works hard and he's got good hands and and is quick enough. So yeah, I think like he's the player that uh, it feels like a type of fit that would be good with Elias Pettersson. So we'll see that uh, likely more moving forward here. Um, but we do have some different lines. I did throw them in here. Let's get to the yeah, lines real quick, just because uh, there was a couple of changes. Uh, Alex, I did throw it into the uh, into the year our work. What's our what's our work thing called? You don't know. You don't put anything in there. The workspace or something. Uh, but we do. Uh, let's uh, let's take a look at the lines uh, from today's practice because they were just a tiny bit different. Not a not a huge change. Defensemen all stayed the same. Uh, but off the top, we have Anthony Bavillier, Elias Patterson, and Vasily Podkolzin. Getting a run with uh, with Pedersen and Bavillier on the top line, another guy getting a little bit of a promotion, Phil DiGiuseppe, my guy. Uh, him, he's playing with JT Miller and Connor Garland, and then we saw a third line of Andre Kuzmenko, Sheldon Dries, and Brock Besser, with Jack Studnika being the guy rotating in there. And then our fourth line, uh, we are looking at Dakota Joshua, Niels Amon, and Curtis Lazar. Are you surprised to see Brock Besser bump down? A little bit. I wonder if this is talking just trying to even out his th- his lines a you little You know what? More. Like, I, I have seen a different type of drive in Brock Besser over the last week or so. Like, the last few games, I actually have thought that he's been pretty... Like, I think he had a big mistake yesterday's game because I remember, uh, you know, marking it down in my uh, in my booklet, in my little book yesterday. Uh, but I thought, like, Besser's played a lot stronger than we've seen throughout the rest of the season. It felt like he's got that. I don't know if it's confidence or just wanting to impress the coach or having a bump. It just felt like he's been a little bit better. I think over the past, you know, few games for sure. He's been noticeable. And I think that's the reason why he got the opportunity to go up and play with Pedersen and Bovillier. Like, I think he was playing good enough to, to warrant that. I'm curious if this is just kind of spreading things out a little bit, right? Like, is this just, you know, we liked what uh, DJ Seppi has done so far. Let's give him a chance here in the top six. It's a different look. It, it, I think they're trying to balance out the three lines here to be able to think that they can score a goal with all those top nine lines there. That's what I think of it anyways. Yeah. I mean, no surprises, I guess, 
to be honest with you. I you like DiGiuseppe getting that chance? Sure. I mean, it's He's not been the good. worst thing, I guess. I, I just think that. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, but again, what are we talking about here? Let's, I know. let's like, come on, let's be honest here. What I are we talking about? It's here? like you're. It's you got a really, uh, really nice wrapping paper on a present that's empty. Yes. But really nice, you know, nice little wrapping paper. They changed the wrapping paper up here. But Pod Colson getting a shot with Pedersen Bavili, I like that. Get, get, him, get him back in there. You know, get him get him these opportunities playing with Pedersen. He's playing good with ever him. since he came back up. Yeah, and I think he's deserved. And that's kind of the way that I'm looking at these line combinations that I'm looking at. The two guys who have been good since they got called up, they're getting an opportunity to play top six minutes, right? Like PDG and Pod Colson, they were in the AHL t- three weeks ago. And they're now playing in the top six of the Vancouver Canucks. It shows how much this team is going to tank. Tank. That's you know one way of looking at it. Trying a couple different things with this team, but uh, this is to me what we've talked about when talk it came in of like try this, try other things. Yeah. Let Tyler Myers take a penalty shot. Try a bunch of different things. I know you were mad about that last night. Two opportunities. No. That's Actually, I don't even know if he was on he, the ice for the last one. He was on the ice. And they didn't do so it. So it was, uh, that's the funny thing. So when the penalty, and I haven't seen, I didn't know this was a thing. No, it's happened twice now. Is, is it only, did you happen to look this up? It isn't if they clear the puck. It's only like a, a delay of game on the ice play. I could be wrong here. Somebody can correct me if they want to look into the, the rule book there. It might just be like if they clear the puck over the glass too, but that was a delay of game play on the ice, right? Yes. Like it was touching the goaltender or the goalie was pulling the net down or whatever it was. But <laughs> that's the thing. Could it be about. any worse of a situation? Like the game is like, what is it? 6-1 at the time, right? Yeah. 6-1, you have your fourth line out there with your third defense pairing and it's like, hey, here's a penalty shot. Like for all the, the 700 people left in the arena watching the game late in the third period. The roof would have blown off the place if PDG oh, scored. my gosh, yeah. Like, would they even have played the goal horn at that point? Like, or you just want to get closer and closer to the final uh, final horn of the game. Tough one there. So, uh, yeah, that situation. They got to get Tyler Myers shooting the puck there. Okay, uh, so the Canucks, X's and O's at practice. This is the most dull show we've ever done because we both came in here being like, this team sucks and there's no hope. But... Mm. There is hope in the form of the draft lottery. New series over at Canucks Army. Oh. Uh, Lachlan's doing the draft lottery watch. Uh, remember, folks, it's not all about Bedard. All these folks that are like, oh, don't tank. It doesn't guarantee you'll get Bedard. You're going to get a good Bedard. player if the Canucks keep losing games here. You're going to get a good player um, in that draft. And you have a better chance at Bedard. It, it, anyways, I'm not going to entertain this conversation again. But uh, Lachlan's looking at the schedules of all the teams around the Canucks for the week ahead, how they did in the week before. First one is up over at CanucksArmy.com. I like it, yeah. I'm flowing down. I'm I'm floating down the river of Bedard myself. Yeah, I'm well, you getting, have to. I'm That's flo- the hope. Right well, it's now, good to right? hear that Lachlan's uh, a little bit of a different situation. An Eddie in the flow, I guess you could say. Okay, odds and ends. Let's go. Okay, odds and ends. Uh, anything? I got Abbotsford stuff. They played tonight at six o'clock. As far as we know, and this was into, we didn't touch on this from practice yet. Thatcher Demko and Colin Delia, the only two goalies at practice. We were kind of thinking, okay, sounds like Seelovs might get called up. Dude's got a ridiculous save percentage over his last five games. He put last five games. I think I asked you this yesterday, so maybe you can get it right. Last five games, how many goals has Seelovs given up? Six. Boom. Nice job. Six goals in his last uh, in his last five games. You can have your pizza now. Um, so the Abbotsford Canucks, they're in action at 6 p.m. tonight. <laughs> That's how I want the show to go with the food. <laughs> Just, okay, Quads, you can have a bite of your food now. 
Uh, Abbotsford, they're in action against Calgary tonight in Calgary at 6 o'clock. I haven't gotten confirmation yet if Spencer Martin is there. I'm expecting that he's there, but I yeah, at the same time, they played, uh, Abbotsford plays tonight on Tuesday and tomorrow on Wednesday. So Spencer Martin, I'd, I'd probably expect for him to start on Wednesday in front of them. Uh, he's, you know, Martin cleared waivers today. That's out there already. Archer Silas, I would expect to start tonight because he didn't get the call up. Uh, and these, this is a good team. This is a great matchup against this, uh, Calgary Wranglers team. So I'm excited for tonight. Um, it, it's just, it's a wild thought. Like I, I've joked about this in the past. But now I'm like legitimately contemplating it. Is it better for me as like a media member who covers this organization? It might be better for me to go to Abbotsford. Like this, like if I went, if there was an Abbotsford game last night, I, I see you agree. Uh, if, if there was an Abbotsford game last night, I would have gotten a much better story to talk about today on the show or write about at Canucks army or whatever it be tweet about something. What am, what am I like? I feel it's crazy to think that like there is a bigger story in the AHL right now with this app with this Canucks organization because there's actually some some exciting things happening and now it's where they're on a five game win streak right now they roll in to face Calgary it's the battle of the top two goalies in the AHL tonight uh, Archer Silovs and Dustin Wolf so great matchup tonight uh, in the AHL and I wanted to quickly mention. Because I know, like Cody Sievertson covers uh, the Abbotsford Canucks for us, and I know he's been on this train for he's been on this train for a while since kind of the the real big improvements happened very early into the season. You got to start keeping an eye on Archie Baines, okay? At such a young age, this is an incredibly intelligent hockey player, and I've said this for a little bit here on the show. I think a lot of the success that we've seen from Danila Klimovich comes from being on a line with Archie Baines, who is just a cerebral player. That's not even my word of the day. That's just me using a good word there. Uh, Baines has been excellent at both extending play in the offensive zone, but also shutting things down with effort in the defensive zone. He's doing so many things right at the AHL level that has to make you think like as a rookie coming into this league, that's where the intelligence is beginning to shine with this guy is that he is smart enough to realize what he has to do at that level to have success. And I think we're getting to a point where it's like now he's just building and building and building and becoming a, a more impressive player at the AHL level. So I've been I've been very happy with the way that uh, Baines has been developing this season. And to think that it's still, you know, 25 games left in the AHL season, it's his rookie year. Got to think that there, there could be a chance for him to get to the NHL in the next couple of years when at first it was like, yeah, you'd like to see him have the success in the AHL before you talk about that. Well, now he's having that success. So... You know, good local kid would love to see him in the in the black skate jersey one day, maybe in the blue and green like he grew up watching. Um, and I think it, it's something like players like him in that situation, it means so much. Like it means a lot to, I say this about Kyle Burroughs all the time, local kid wants to be successful at the Canucks. You see that with Baines. You like the passion that he has for the organization. And I, like you got to say, you just got to say you've been impressed with what he's done at the AHL. I think he's a player to watch anyways in the near little bit here. I wouldn't be surprised if this dude gets a shot at some point this season in the NHL just for like a hit at the end of the year. Like if you're really just talking about giving a guy an opportunity, give him that shot. At least that's a fun story for the Canucks later on in the year. And like I said earlier in the show, by the time we get to the final 10 games of the season, this organization will have not a lot of fun to talk about, I think. So with that, we might see Baines in the NHL later in this year. That's all I'm saying. I like it. I like it too. Something to keep an eye on. He's I don't think Seelovs is going to, people have been asking me, I don't think Seelovs is going to get a game in. I think he's going to come up, get that paycheck as a reward for being so good down well, in Abbotsford. Here's the thing. The, I feel like it, this whole situation, unless Demko is backing up, 
because they play tomorrow night, right? Rangers tomorrow? That's the game? Yes. So they play the Rangers tomorrow night, I think. I feel like the, Demko has to back up because as far as I know, Spencer Martin and Archer Silovs are both in Calgary tonight. So what about tomorrow? So, yeah, do you fly from Calgary to Vancouver? So you play Silovs tonight. You fly him back tonight after the game or you get the first flight that you can because they're not. I don't think they're flying the, the team plane out there. So it's like then you get him in here tomorrow. You play you back. You put him back up. Like it, it's a weird situation where, in my eyes, what should have been done was like Spencer Martin should have gone yesterday to Calgary, and Seelov should have been called up yesterday and backed up yesterday. Like why not? Like I, I the the whole timeline here is very confusing unless Demko is backing up tomorrow. I'm and being it, told he's not ready. That's we you know we've heard and talking and talking said, it. Talk it, talk said, it, said it. That's what's so confusing to me is like if they were in Abbotsford. I totally understand, but and it's not like it's a huge travel from Calgary, but it's just it's a weird situation where like if you if you need to call on Seelovs tomorrow, dude just played the night before, had to travel and and get in that day. Like it's it's a, and Martin can't back up; he's already cleared waivers. Someone in the chat brought it up. Yeah. he can't. He's already in the yeah, Abbotsford Canucks now. Yeah, he can't so. back up. So we'll we'll see what happens tomorrow. I guess Seelovs watch is still on. I put everybody on Seelovs watch. Yeah, and like. We've, you know, like Demko was a full participant in practice today. I know that uh, we'll see if he talks to the media today. I think he should. So we'll see what happens there today. I'm going to actually just see if he did talk today. I'm going to quickly get to see what Batch said. Yep, he talked about it. Um, and Dat, uh, hold on, Thatcher Demko, this is his quote about wanting out of Vancouver. He said, it's not true. I'll just say that point blank. So that's him talking about it. Uh, well, yeah, we already said that. And he says that barring any setbacks, he aims to be ready to back up against Philadelphia on Saturday. So the Canucks are going to need a backup goalie tomorrow. Seelovs. Or that... I think uh, it's going to be Seelovs. Get an e-bug. Can you, no, I don't think mind. you can just get Yeah, we're not going to start this. We're not starting. Okay. So, uh, any more odds and ends? No, that's that's all I got for odds and ends. We should quickly shout out uh, to our partners, fiance, girlfriend, uh, Valentine's Day. It's very difficult for them sometimes. Mm. Uh, with the work that we do, especially yours, when I uh, give give you a call and I say, "Hey, I need you to come do this." Yeah, yeah. No, oh, yeah. We we love our our the women in our life, and they deal with a lot of our crap. Yeah, from our job, I think a lot of the time. Yes, the hours, and that's the thing. Even tonight, like you know, I got to cover the hours for game. So we're we're gonna have a nice little Valentine's Day on Thursday. Valentine's Day, you say? Yeah, we're gonna have a good Valentine together. We did ours on Friday, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, you got you did it before. That's an interesting one because what I was thinking is like. And I know she's listening, but she's going to hear it anyways. Clearance flowers the day after. So I get the flowers <laughs> on the 16th of February. Come on. I was in the I was looking at the flowers the other day. They're jacked up the prices for uh, pre-Valentine's Day. But I tell you what, once Valentine's is over, you're laughing. I'm paying. I'm probably paying $9.99 for a bouquet of, uh, of red roses. Do you get a discount if you get stuff that's misspelled, like with an M instead of an N in Valentine's? Do I get anything? It was a joke. No. About how no, things no. might be cheaper if they're misspelled. No. Yeah. Okay. And remember oh, earlier, way, we almost no, forgot but, I know, but earlier in the show, you said you're the funny one. And I think you just uh, <laughs> answered that with that joke that you tried there. <laughs> All, right. All right. Let's go. Let's get to Betway. Yeah. And clearance chocolates. Uh, I see Marcus in there saying that too. Let's see. Nick says, I'm taking my girlfriend to an Abbey game on Monday for Valentine's Day. That's exciting. I wonder if I'll be out there. Or you know what? I'm, I'm heading to the... Uh, I'm heading to the Canucks game as a fan on the weekend here. That's great. Yeah. 
just uh, going uh, not as a media member. I'll be at the game on Saturday against the uh, the Flyers. So that'd be cool. Okay, let's go. You don't. I thought you took another bite of pizza or something. There. No. All right, Betway. Betway, here we go. Lisa says, Hubby is taking to Seattle Thunderbirds game tonight. Nice. All right, Betway. That's good. But I tell you, Lisa's lucky over there in Seattle. That Thunderbirds team they got there, that's a lot of fun. Okay, Betway. Unless anyone else in the chat's got anything. Corey says it's like candy in stores after Halloween. All right, Betway. Our Betway bets of the day. Unless, okay, we're good. Betway bets of the day. Uh, so I got Colorado Avalanche, big game tonight. I actually, you know, going to watch this uh, out-of-market game here, hopefully. If the if the damn people at sport, I don't know what's going on with that Sportsnet app and the Sportsnet Plus or whatever it's called. Oh, man, they got to figure out what they got going on with there with that, with that, uh, that product. Um, Colorado Avalanche and... Tampa Bay Lightning, they're playing tonight. Big game. I like this one. Uh, Avalanche to win in regulation and the over of 5.5 total goals being scored, taking that one plus 325. Feels pretty good. How many goals have the Avalanche scored in the last four games? I don't know, seven. I don't know either. Uh, (laughs) Miko Rantanen and Steven Stamkos both to have a point in this game. Minus 150 over on Betway. Betway, Betway, a $10 bet. That's going to return you 1666 couple good betway bets there and an exciting game to watch like you know you, you watch an out-of-market game a little money on the side makes it uh, even more exciting than it already is so uh that wraps it up there Corey anderson in the chat says that thunderbirds team might be able to beat the canucks lisa says yes they can Corey. <laughs> all right that's where we're at but i tell you that's a wagon of a whl team here that uh, that thunderbirds team they're gonna you know that's a fun team to watch uh, for sure. So Lisa's lucky there in the chat. But uh, that's all I got today. No more odds. No more ends. No more Betway. 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 No more Betway. Fantastic. All yep. right. We'll wrap it up there. Uh, for my co-host, Look at Chris that. Faber, and our technical producer, Alex Allard. Happy Valentine's Day, folks. My name is Dave Grigelli. Thank you so much for another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Valentine's! Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim?